Hi, Doug. Hi, Karen. Happy June. My goodness. I can't even believe it. It's fucking crazy. Yes. Here, I mean, here we go. Our summer of 2021. Oh, damn. I know. I mean, I'm not sad. I love summer. I'm not sad. I mean, like, everything is easier to deal with in the summer. People are easier to deal with. Things right now seem like they're on an upswing. So, all that's good. It's just, how else do you mark time? Oh, I don't know, though. People are going crazy. Did you hear, like, I mean, like, 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 people are mental this year. Like, everybody is, like, I guess from being cooped up for the past year plus. Like, people are going absolutely bananas. I mean, last week You're not surprised, right? Like, last weekend, there was a friggin' brawl at our town beach. A brawl. They I needed, remember you told us. Yeah. They needed, like, five, like, different cop... Oh, I did tell you guys. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, people are bananas, yeah, I mean, yes, pandemic has unleashed a certain kind of brazen assholery in a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, that's not going away. Yeah. Um, but at least I feel like, well, if people want to break the rules, I feel like I'm less likely to pay the penalty. Well, I don't know. Okay, so, and then I also, like, read on my passive-aggressive, uh, my favorite passive-aggressive neighborhood app called Nextdoor. Um, oh, <laughs> we have our own Nextdoor version, yeah. Oh, is it not the most passive-aggressive people? Like, it's, like, passive-aggressive neighbors. It's great. Well, sometimes they're just aggressive-aggressive. Sometimes they're just bitchy-bitchy. I know, but it's mostly bitchy. Well, actually, the biggest bitch in our neighborhood deleted her account, so it, so it's no longer as entertaining as it used to be. Uh, we have, I'm sure, uh, so for everyone who would ever leave, there's like five more on the rise. Um, no, just she was, she was like chief instigator. Nobody even like comes to her level. It's such a, it's such a boring app now. But well, I, move to our neighborhood. I know you do glean little nuggets of information, which I heard the state police around here started Operation Wolfpack because people have been so lousy with their driving, like they're driving like shit. So like the state police are out and like, boss to give What tickets. does that mean? Like they're running lights? Like they're not parking? Oh my God, they're, everybody what is like, like speeding, which is like shocking because I live in a state filled with old people who drive really fucking slow in the left lane. But there, there has been a lot more like speeding and there's been like a lot more like aggressive driving and people like not stopping at stoplights and people blowing people blowing stop signs like it's like it's like a free for all and it has been since last summer it has been since last summer like i i went to like drop my kid off at the beach and i could not get through town without nearly being like hit like a thousand times and i was yeah i was so frustrated that i like came home and i called the police department and i was like you need to get somebody out at this corner because I nearly got hit three times because nobody was stopping. It's a four-way stop. And I was like, people like are just blowing the stop sign. And she was like, oh, I'll get it. Oh, I'll get somebody out there. I was like, yeah, yeah I don't do. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, these, you know, there's people double parked at the beach. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, it's too, it's too nuts down here for this sort of bullshit. I was like, I was like, this is insane. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally Karen last summer, but there was a reason for it. Fair. It was because it was Fair. kind of ridiculous. Like, because it's like, it's like when I say like getting to the beach is like we have like this little downtown area with all like little shops and restaurants and stuff. And it is really highly trafficked. And it's like a lot of people walking and a lot of people, you know, driving and a lot of and a lot of people on bicycles. And a lot of these people are kids like these. These are like neighborhood kids that are like going to the beach and shit. And so, you know, people just be blowing through stop signs and crap. And it's like, it's just not cool. Like, it's really dangerous. No, that is uncool. Congested. Um, you know, so, so anyway, I just was like, I was like this, I can't even, like, I can't even, like, I came home and I was like freaking out because just everybody was driving so bad. And that was just like, it sort of like seemed like that started it all off. And like the driving has just gotten progressively worse. Wow. I mean, I don't pay attention to drivers here in the city, yeah. so who I mean, knows what's comparable. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, everyone has lost their mind, and everyone has kind of decided it's the wild, wild west, and they're in charge of themselves. All of that is true. But people are also just somehow easier to deal with now than they have been 
for the last, oh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 months. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I miss social distancing. <laughs> well, no one was ever fully doing it here. Oh, no. See, it was so great. Now it was like I was at the grocery store this weekend and someone is like rolling on up at me while I'm trying to pay. And I'm like, stand the fuck back, bitch. <laughs> I love social distancing. That I don't want to go away. I need my No, I don't either, but we didn't get to experience too much of it, Oh, uh, no, I need my six feet. I'm like, back off. Back the fuck off. Um, because nobody, you know, personal space has also not been a thing, you know, for a long time now where people just like. Yeah. Get yeah, really fucking close to you, and I, I'm just like, no, don't, don't get near me. Mm-mm. I don't even like people I know that close to me. <laughs> like, it's like I just want the space. I'm finding it. We've only met up with several people we know recently, and I'm finding it like I think my social skills have weakened a bit just because I'm just so used to only sitting in a room talking to people for work on a computer and watching TV. Like, the idea of having extended face-to-face in-person conversations, I feel like I need to now redevelop those skills. Are you, does it exhaust you? It doesn't exhaust me. I just feel like, you know, like, I run out of gas during a conversation where I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to be home now. I'm done. Like, I'm, like, I've gotten everything I can out of the exchange. <laughs> How long is it taking you till you hit that point? <laughs> I mean, it's like an hour, an hour and a half out of two, two and a half hours, probably. Let's you... say like, let's say an hour out of two hours. I'm good. I mean, do you think like, do you think it's just that you have like less to kind of talk about because we've all like not been yeah, doing I do things, think that's a part. right? Yes, like, like we really haven't part. been doing things. So you know, we haven't been going to the movies or like, I mean, obviously we've had movies on streaming, but there's been no real theater. There's, you know, like, so you're not sort of doing the things that you would normally be like, I did this cool thing or I saw this cool thing. And cause, and so you're instead, you're like, so I streamed this. Yeah. The last 15 months have definitely been only three topics of conversation. And it's like, what have you watched? Have you gotten a vaccine? And the election. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot you. Said. Yeah, what do you think's gonna happen? Yeah. How doomed are we? <laughs> well, meanwhile, back in 1997, I guess is that where we are? That's where we go. That's where we go. Let's go to 1997. Things were simpler back then. Uh, not kinder, not but, necessarily gentler, but uh, but simpler uh, time. Yeah, season six, <sighs> episode eight. A shot in the dark. Yeah, which turns out to be literal, but we'll get there. Oh boy. Um. Okay. Didn't mind. Didn't mind this. I, you know, I'm kind. There was, there was a, there was a dynasty moment. I felt in this episode that I thought. Oh, we were, I think I think I know what you mean. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was really juicy, and I like the direction we're going there. And um. You know, for the most part, I was like, okay, two thumbs up, ish. Um, but Billy and Samantha. Well, by virtue of being in it. Yeah, let's get them on. Well, America. first of all, they're not wrapped up in anybody else's storylines, even yeah. though Billy yeah. is working. Which was what well, we started talking about just last week. Yes. Yeah. So even though Billy is still working for Amanda Woodward, the agency and shit's going down at the ad agency. Um, it does kind of weave into Billy's storyline. It's still very separate. Yeah, they really are. So we can knock this right out, can't we? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so they're talking about their engagement. Like, they're the first, well, mostly like Sam. Like, they're the first people to ever get married. Um, and, and then Billy reminds her something that he's brought up already, which is that they have no money. Which, Which is I kind of, I, I, yeah, and I love though that they are sticking with the story. Like, the, like Billy's not like falling into wealth all of a sudden, right? Even though he must be doing okay at every working. ad agency he's been at in the last five minutes. Um, and she's working. She she has a job now, a real job, which I assume she's getting paid fairly well for. Yeah, I mean, graphic design at an LA agency can't be low paying. <laughs> I would imagine not. It's probably not. Although she's not doing much work, let's face it. Well, she's not 
she's not doing much work, which doesn't mean she isn't still pretending to be busy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, but they're doing the opposite of what they did with Peter, who was like down and out for a week and then like completely flush again after that. Like the money came and went and then came back and, and he kept it all. But he's um, a doctor. Well, that's true. That's fair. I mean, pr- he had a, a couple of electric surgeries in L.A. and you've got you've got your bank again, right? That's true. Billy has cheese snacks. So it's yeah. not quite the same. OK, so so Billy's like, we have no money. Um, and remember, like, he gave it all to the... To the dad. The deadbeat ex-con dad. Um, or escape con, I should, uh, I, I should say. And Literally so, deadbeat. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, at work, at one point, Sam is, like, sketching wedding dresses that are not for a client, but for her. Um, and they look like, I mean, the gold yellow dress that Belle wears in the big scene in Beauty and the Beast. Um, terrible. And, and he's, like, talking about their client. Um, and and she's, like, still off in her own world. And he, like, tries to get her to snap at it. And he's like, why don't you focus on cheese snacks? Because, you know, the client. Because the money. Job, job, and job. They don't have. So yeah, and she wants, Billy's biggest client, and Billy's biggest client is like blowing him off. So he's he's getting a little Billy's on edge. Yeah. yeah. Also, the client is probably right, but we don't see them. Uh, and so uh, Sam wants to have her wedding dress that she's designed, custom made, and the the price is twenty five hundred, which actually sounds decent to me. Actually, for a custom dress, even in nineteen ninety seven, I don't think yeah. that's not a bad price. Yeah. But Billy thinks it's a bad price. And so he well, finally kind of explodes about the finances. And Sam, like, passive-aggressively is like, well, it's okay. We'll just postpone the whole wedding in a way that's like, but I don't want to and I don't think we should. But, you know, uh, it was like, we'll postpone the wedding until you feel more secure, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I keep designing Disney dresses at my day job with you. Uh and then later, Billy comes home, kind of tail between his legs, and he's like, I went back to the dress shop, and I put a down payment on your dress, and he wants them to start a new chapter. And I would like them to start a new chapter that is a blank page that is them not being on the show anymore. I would love them to start a new chapter in... Anywhere but no. Ohio. Yeah. Go back to Baltimore. Go to Baltimore. They have ad agencies there. That's right. Do they? Yes, they do. Maybe well... not on the stocks. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, first of all, Sam is a selfish biatch. She is, and I didn't want to say it. She is. I just felt like, look, Billy just took all of his money and gave it to your dad, and now you want a big fucking wedding? Oh, sit down. Like, really, she needed to be smacked. And all she wants is to marry him, so just go to the courthouse and be done with it. Just get married. Just get married. Yeah. Just go to the biatch. You You don't need a big big fancy wedding. Just be married. And you're not, and you're not in any position to have the big to do. So if if you really want to get married, just go get married. What's the big deal? Um, exactly. You know, and it's not like they, it's not like she has any friends that she needs to. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I think that's the sort of extraordinary part of the show. There are no friendships. No, no, they're all cocooned in whatever their storyline is, but there are no extra people that suggest they have a life. Yes. And they don't even have any more friendships with each other. Yes. That, yeah, is, that is the key thing. You know, like, remember at the beginning, like, they kind of all hang out at the pool or, you know, there were, there were hangout times between everybody that lived there. Yeah, they were together at Shooters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but, that, but we haven't seen that in a, in a while. But I do right. think that this is something that's, like, really lacking. Like, there is no... There, there are no friend bonds. So, like, you know, and it sort of sticks out when you're thinking about Sid's wedding and all the people that were there. The people we were like, who the hell are these people because they have no friends? And then also the oh, people you mean from the, the employees, the people that the, the employees, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you have like some of the people from Melrose Place, but it was sort of a head scratcher about, well, why are they there? Didn't Sid try to kill that one? And Sid, and they don't like Sid, and this one doesn't like, you know, so so it just kind of, so now we have these weddings, and you're sort of like, oh, Sam, Bill, you're getting married. Who's going to be there? Nobody. They don't have any friends. You know, you know, like, it's weird. It's just a weird dynamic. 
Yeah, and that's not, uh, I mean, this show isn't the only one that's guilty of it because it's a lot of them, It's uh, you know, the traditional thing is the big elaborate TV wedding, but it's like their lives are so insular. Like they had like a whole season building up to the Monica Chandler wedding on Friends. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't have any storylines with anyone besides those like four other people. So it was like the suckiest wedding I've ever seen on TV. And it was <laughs> like, what was the point? Like, like yeah. no, this wedding sucks. I mean, I get, I understand you can't sort of show like the girls go out for cocktails, right? But at the very least, it could be like, hey, babe, I want to see you on Friday night. No go. I'm going out with my girlfriends. Okay, bye. Do you know what I mean? Like, just slide that yeah. in every once in a while so it seems like there is some sort of other life. So that we Have do like, get these big moments. Weddings. Say, say that you were weird. just on the phone with someone, catching up or yeah. whatever, making plans. Yes. Yeah, so it won't be necessarily weird. But I don't know, for some reason, and I do know other show, all, all other shows are guilty of this, but for some reason it really, really sticks out on this show. Interesting. But to me, the only like, thing that sticks out to me is just how obnoxious Sam is. Yes, that too. Well, that's the primary thing. I, I'll say, I'll say that. Like I almost feel bad for Billy, and that's mm. that's that's when you know the show has taken a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like hoping they kill her off soon, but I don't think they're going to. They probably are not going to. Oh, we have no opportunity here, so. So yeah. Yeah. Should we go to? Craig and Jennifer and Michael, because that sort of was also kind of on its own, with the exception of, like, Michael. Michael kind of had a dual storyline here, and neither one of them seemed to cross over. Um, Yeah, I actually lumped it all in together with some of the other stuff that was going on. All right. But we can. All right, now let's do it. I mean, we can just go through everything. Uh, So we start with Coop knocking on Peter's door at the marina again. Uh, So the last week was when Coop showed up not knowing that Lexi was there. And now Coop is showing up because Peter and Lexi have revealed themselves as a couple to the Melrose world. Um, And he basically just wants to make sure that he and Peter are okay now now knowing what Coop knows about Peter being involved with his ex-wife. And then he talks to Lexi. And says and asks if Peter knows about her. Um, so there's something that we need to find out about Lexi, and we do. We both. I was wondering if that we'll was something that we find yeah. out. We'll get to that. I was wondering I think, if that was a thing we find out, or if there's something more to come, and she needed to do what she did because of the thing that we're going to find out. But I think that's probably giving them too much credit. I think it's mostly column A. Yeah. Okay. I think it's right. too much credit. Uh, Coop does say that he's like on to Peter's betrayal of him having given Lexi like the, the books, so to speak. So like, there's transparency beneath the lies for us. So we know that Coop is on to Peter not being totally truthful. In addition to Coop also hating Michael's guts. There's a whole triangle of like man hate in this practice. Their show um, is. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we see uh, bringing Craig and Jennifer into the fold. There is already a field Mancini Enterprises office. So, like, these guys move quick. Uh, they've already got office space for their own new, like, LLC that's going to be their endeavor with uh, the cauterizing glove that Michael is now, like, holding on to. Um, and then Peter approaches Michael back in the hospital um and (laughs) this is funny i think i meant to write down they have a pissing contest about the chief of staff position but my my notes auto corrected to they have a pudding contest like a jello pudding pop which would probably more which is a very different yeah very very different different. kind of contest it is one that i would really like to watch on melrose place but that's no not that it was more like a pissing contest than a pudding contest it was. Uh, and at one point, Peter tries to catch Michael, you know, like, fanning that he's still got his hands need to heal. Uh, he drops the prototype on the floor, but 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 Michael doesn't take the bait. He doesn't extend his hands and, and go for it. Um, and also, and I noticed this before, but didn't make a note of it because I didn't think it mattered. But it matters now because this another week of me realizing how tan Michael's hands are, or I guess <laughs> Thomas Calabro's hands are. Um, 
they must have really filmed all these episodes so early in the summer to accommodate Heather Locklear's pregnancy because everyone is just tan from head to toe eight episodes in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, meanwhile, this is where, like, one of the big storylines of the episode kicks in. Pete, uh, Michael goes to try on his lab coat after Peter leaves, after their putting, putting contest. And, um, and it doesn't quite fit. And then he notices that the there's a nameplate on it, and it is Dr. Kimberly Shaw's. So, <laughs> what is happening there? Um... And then uh, we have a scene of Jennifer demonstrating the glove to a bunch of doctors. And uh, not much comes from this other than, you know, she's so enticing that she's able to really, like, win these doctors over. The only thing I thought was, like, nice, I suppose, was watching David Charvet actually having Craig watch Jennifer do her thing. He looked more engaged than I've seen him in, like, the year and change he has been on the show. I was like, well... For once, Andrew Shu could take a note from you because you're doing <laughs> actual character work here. Um, way to go, David Charvet. Yeah. Um, so then Michael is talking to a doctor uh, about the glove, and to to test something out, they're going to use X-rays that are in in the not in the lab, but I guess in the office in which they're talking. Um, and it takes him one second to realize that the x-rays that this other doctor takes out are Kimberly's old x-rays from her brain tumor. Yeah, he's like, this brain tumor looks familiar. So, dun, dun, dun. And of course, he yells at the doctor. He's like, you had to know what you were doing. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and later, Megan shows up, even though she has given her notice and is now embarking on this dumbass career with Eric, with Eric which we'll get to. Um, she a, a box has been delivered to her for Michael's attention, so she she comes to deliver it in person, um, and and Michael tells Megan a bit about what has been going on with like these reminders of Kimberly, and then he opens the box at the end of the scene, and oh my God, it's Kimberly's nightgown. <laughs> but he called it her wedding dress, and I was like, but that looks like a nightgown, but it's a wedding dress. Oh, it was the wedding dress. Yeah, he um, called it a wedding dress. And I was like, oh, it looks like a nightgown, but he called it a wedding dress. Okay, that's what she was wearing when they eloped in Vegas, when Sid got... Um, it, oh, no, I guess when they eloped... She wore her jammies? Well, I guess maybe it was just like a slip dress. They eloped in Vegas, and now I'm not clear exactly when it happens. Well, like, whatever. It was jam anyway, was sorry. Jammies, doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter, but that's what... It's actually the wedding dress, so it's like... This is crazy. What's happening with Kimberly? By the way, we talk about how season six resembles a daytime show. This is the stuff of the daytime soaps. Yeah. When characters who have been dead start reappearing, or there are clues that they are back. They might not like be that. And it usually, what that usually means is they are back on the show, back from the dead, and a new actor or actress is portraying them. That's what it means. Um, uh, so Mike, uh, they decide Michael that they need to go check. Okay, so I guess this, all this stuff that's coming up is stuff that was in the storage, a storage right. locker. They said um, Marion Shaw, Kimberly's mom, took a bunch of Kimberly's possessions back to Ohio with her, and the rest they packed up and put into storage. So they go to that storage unit at night. Of course, it has to be in the dark of night, and they see that it's been broken into, and it's been emptied except for a framed photo of Michael and Kimberly that has a knife. <laughs> Just such a nice touch that, yes. So that's what, that's like four different things that clue them in that maybe Kimberly is back or doing something to haunt Michael again. Michael truly thinks that she is. She is not dead. And I love he was like, she's, she's come back from the dead before. So, yeah. you know, which she has. Um, so yeah, she could very well not be dead. That's that's right. Anything is possible. And if I were watching the show, I might also think that's what they're going to do. Um, Michael then goes to Peter's. A lot of a lot of time spends at Peter's place. They must have sunk a lot of money in that marina location. Um, it's lovely that, he, on that deck. I mean, I'll tell you, the views of the boat. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. It's yeah. It's definitely nice. I think that's Newport uh, Beach. Oh, is it? I believe it is. If I'm remembering. So I watched this. Um, 
this real estate guy on YouTube because, you know, the books, my book series is set in LA and it's all very high end homes and stuff like that. And there's this guy that has Inez is his name. And he has this very, he has this YouTube channel where he like tours all these high end houses that go up for sale. And I believe it was like in Newport beach that there were, that he showed a couple of homes and they have like those canals like they had in the back of Peter's. Oh, uh, okay. Where the, you yeah. have like boats docked on either side and stuff like that. Sounds sounds right to me. Yeah. So yeah, they um, the, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Michael goes to oh, Peter. Oh, well, so Michael confronts Peter and Lexi, and he he assumes that Peter is now up to this, that he might be. Though they don't use the term, and now I hate the term because it's overused. Uh, but that basically Peter is gaslighting Michael to right. think that Kimberly is alive and peter's like i don't know what you're talking about that would and be true gaslighting by the way true that would be actual gaslighting yeah, yeah but michael does not use that term but that's what it would be um peter's like it's not us but then lexi does tell him that coop was involved with kimberly back in ohio so finally finally michael is able to do a little bit of that math this was so anticlimactic. I was actively angry that they did not make this a bigger reveal. Like, like I kind of felt like this reveal got really short shrift. Well, I have two things to say about this connected. One is, I agree, and they have basically bungled every possible reveal for this storyline. Because yeah. we know from the beginning that Coop is coming with a vendetta against Michael. We know he has a connection against Kimberly. In a really anticlimactic way, we find out that he's working with Mary and Shaw. We find out that he was having an affair or some sort of relationship with Kimberly. Um, and and then, like, Michael finding out also has, like, no real, the wind is taken out of its sails. Like, the because, most exciting reveal was when Megan found out. Pretty much. Because yeah. she was digging through the files. That was sort of the most exciting reel. This one, I had high, high hopes for this. And it just was like Peter going, ah, we should have told you earlier, but we were going through some stuff. Now you might as well know. And, and here's the thing. Because if they hadn't told us any of these things, if we don't know that there's an actual Coop-Kimberly connection, we're just seeing all of these Kimberly items show up, I might even be persuaded that Kimberly is back, that Marsha Cross is coming back to the show. Right, right. But, but <laughs> I know too much to know. And so the connected thought there is that is also a staple of daytime because they have so much TV real estate to fill. Uh, like, basically, the characters just keep talking and give away all of the surprises. Uh, well, so you know what the cliffhangers are going to be before they come. Right, because there is there was no reason, like I'm trying to think back, there was no reason for the audience to know who Coop was and what he was doing there until like this point. Yeah. Right? Like there was really no reason for us to know yeah, that. Peter Peter was struggling and Michael was injured, so the practice needed someone and he saw an ad. Like that's all we really needed to be told. Yeah, like we didn't need we really didn't need to know that he was like coming in with this vendetta and specifically looking for Michael. Because right. then we would be surprised. Yeah. And if yeah. you think about like a parallel story is when uh Taylor joined the show. So we knew that there was some sort of connection to Peter and that right. she was like the engine, but it took us to like uh, November long. sweeps, November, December, it's like 10, 12 episodes for us to find out that she was the sister of Peter's first wife. Can I just pause here to say, like, we have completely wiped away all of the Peter storylines from last season. Like, all of his behaving badly with Taylor, the rage, yeah. epilepsy, the dressing her up like that, all of the stuff, how shitty he was to Amanda, all of that stuff is gone. Peter has I gotten a completely clean slate. I'm going to be bringing this up in the Taylor bits, by the way. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so, so yes. Yeah, so, now Michael knows about there's something going on with Coop and Kimberly. So, in the hospital, Michael confronts Coop. Um, and it sounds like Coop doesn't know about the stuff that Michael has been sent. But, like, he does acknowledge uh, that that he was with Kimberly. And he blames Michael for Kimberly dying, even though there were things like science and cancer right. involved in that. But yes, they fight and Coop punches Michael. Um, 
So pause there. There's another quick Craig and Jennifer scene. He buys her, a, I think, a Mercedes. It's a new car to thank her for being able to, like, land the deal with her demonstration of the glove to the doctors. Um, and he's like, because you're so persuasive. Uh, so, of course, they christen it. And, like, there's just no, there's no there there. There's no chemistry. There's, like, nothing. No. And this you know what? I, I'm not blaming Alyssa Milano for that because she is trying her damnedest. And she, she I mean, I don't blame, I don't blame either of the actors, quite frankly. They're she's, doing what they can, and she's better than he is, but they're, it's the writing that there's just nothing here. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, too bad, because I do think Alyssa Milano, in particular, is doing the work. Like, she really is, and she is, I said it before, I will say it again, she's a lot of fun to watch, particularly when she has the interactions with Michael. Um, but, yeah, this scene is just kind of like, whatever, you're doing it in the car, moving on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's giving as much as she can. But there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And, and that's all we see of them. And so that's fine and useless. Okay. Uh, so Megan visits Coop in jail. And uh, he kind of repeats that he didn't do any of this stuff involving Kimberly. And she says, well, look, I'll talk to Michael, but I don't expect him to change his job. Um, after she leaves, he requests a phone call, which... I don't really know what the rules are in jail, how often you can just ask for one of the officers to come in and take a quarter out and call someone. But he calls Kimberly's mom, Marion, at the, the hotel she's staying at and finds out that she has checked out. So, okay, Michael's dun, talking dun, to dun. Me Michael's talking to Megan and he tells her he won't drop the charges, just like Megan basically told Coop. Um, and he gets a call. Uh, someone beckons him to the beach house in a voice that, like, could be Kimberly, but could also be almost any other woman on the planet. Um, so he decides to go to the beach house, at which point I realize we haven't seen the beach house in forever. Like, to the point where I was like, is Michael even still living at the beach house? Because we've seen him, we've seen him at the hospital, we've seen him at the office, we've seen him... Where else have we seen him? Um, well, we see, I guess we see him. We see him in the hospital. We see him in his office at the hospital. We see him in the field Mancini offices. Oh, right. Yes, that's the other place. The new, yes, all the places he's in with Craig. But we haven't seen him at the beach house. Anyway, so he goes to the beach house and, you know, he brings a bat. Great. He goes in, sees it has been ransacked. Um... And then we see a cloaked figure walking outside. <laughs> um, but oh my God, this cloaked figure has a gun and she shoots and, and he's okay. He's, he, he hits the ground and isn't hit. And um, we see someone, a figure in a cloaked in black with, with Marsha Cross's season five hair, get into the, a car and, and drive away. And we've just been like, freeze or you know like fade out on michael checking himself making sure he's okay but but you know seems convinced kimberly's back from the dead again and she's out to get me okay can i tell you something really funny when the figure appeared okay so anthony was watching that part with me and he saw that and he goes that's a man in a wig (laughs) (laughs) and then he got up and left (laughs) he goes the shoulders are too broad that's a man in a wig so I was like, do you think Coop got out of jail? But I think it was probably, you know, the mom um, and she, but they probably didn't want to pay her day rate. So they just had like a PA. Yeah, it was job. probably like, look, for this one-off scene we're doing, we don't need to also have you come to the set. Yeah, because you're not, we're not going to Or see teach you. you or like like pay you extra to fire a gun or any of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was like probably some poor PA who had to like, they made him put a, put a wig on. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that happens a lot. Yeah. So that's that's the Michael stuff. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone thought this storyline was fun. I don't. I don't hate it, but... I feel like we're too much ahead of all of this. And that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and they gave us all the tools to be ahead of it. That's and that's their problem. That's on them. So now we go to Kyle and Amanda and Taylor World. Um, 
we we start at we're, we're at the upstairs, um, and Amanda. I don't think this is the same night. I think this is probably the following night after like Eric has like unleashed his fury on her, and so she's in a mood. But Kyle is being optimistic. And she tells him about Eric, and she says, you were right about everything. He confirmed he's trying to take everything from you. He's behind the Boston restaurant, this restaurant. Um, and and Kyle's like, all right, we'll deal with this. I'll speak to a lawyer. And after their, their conversation, Amanda sees that Taylor has been spying on everything. So she like goes out, out of the office to confront her. And then Taylor accuses Amanda of working with Eric to take everything away from them. Um, and Amanda goes to punch her, but Taylor blocks her. And then Amanda throws a drink right in her face. And I'm wondering <laughs> if this was a dynasty moment for you. Uh, yes, that was. Like, oh, I okay. really thought oh, that right. they were going to, like, because they were, yeah, it was great. Alyssa is really funny because we watch these and she's like, and she's not, you know, a Taylor fan. But, but she's like, how many times does Amanda have to do this to you before you press charges? <laughs> yeah, because she, like, lifted her hand to smack her, and Taylor was like, ha, you're not fast enough. You have old moves or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something about, like, so you're getting so old, so predictable, yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, was a good, then, it was a really good shot. And then there was another interaction between the two of them in the kitchen where... Oh. Um, yeah. Heather Locklear gave her a good shove, and I was like, yes, go. Yeah, and she deserved it. Yes, she did. Um, so Megan is with this fake job that she has with Eric uh, that's strictly professional. She's talking business things with Eric in his hotel suite where he conducts a lot of business. Um, and then Taylor comes by and says, like, she doesn't give a rat's patootie who he thinks he is because, like... You know, how can he do this to her business and her livelihood and blah, blah, blah. And Eric has, like, no compunction. He says, yeah, I'm going to take it, and that's all. I can do it. Um, and uh, he asks Megan to see Taylor out. And Taylor starts to, to um, presume that Megan is sleeping with Eric. And Megan is like, no. And Taylor's like, yeah, of course, up to your old tricks. And... And um, and then Megan's like, really? You're the one who's a whore. I forget yeah. exactly how she said it, but she's like, well, you're the one who sleeps with everyone, so you're the whore. Yeah, like see, this is the thing. Like, I get Taylor's a bitch, but there were, like, moments in this episode where it was just kind of like, Taylor, what are you doing? You're the one that slept with her husband. Taylor, right. what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, the way that she was going after um, Amanda, which was specifically happened, I think, in the scene in the kitchen, which I don't think we've gotten to yet. Next coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were just these moments with her where I kept going, but Taylor, you're the reason why, you know, you inserted yourself between her and Peter. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like she kept on like sort of saying, telling Amanda that she, uh, you know, she was getting between her and Kyle. And, and it was like, no, 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 Taylor. Y you got between you and Kyle. Yeah, I mean, Amanda Kyle's had nothing a free agent and that's your doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Amanda had nothing to do with this. And so, and so this is like, I, I like, I get that Taylor is this bitchy vixen and all of that, but I feel like this has gone like a might, like a little smidge too far in terms of she has had some really bad behavior. And then to sort of like look at Megan and say something to her like, oh, yeah, well, you're sleeping with him because, you know, you're a hooker. And, you know, and it was kind of like, well, what? Wait, wait a minute. Like, right. first of all, why do you care? Second of all, like, you slept with Michael while they were married. Like, this is, you're, no. Like, no, you you have, you, you really are not in any position to call out anybody for this. Yeah, I mean, like, this isn't your ammunition to use because you're really the guilty one already. Yeah, you're the guilty one here. Yeah. So, I, so I'm kind of feeling like. Like I think I like I get what they I get what her character is, but even this feels like just one step too far. Yeah, and it's definitely like goldfish storytelling. Like, well, you just have to expect us to forget everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I not so much with Megan because she threw it back at her, but I do think with Amanda and her being like, "You got in between me and Kyle. You're standing between right. you know a husband yeah, and a I wife," do. and it's like, no, she she never did. Like, you were the one that did that. 
Yeah. With her husband. With her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda was an innocent bystander here who's just moved on. Yeah. Moved on with the guy you cheated on. Yeah. 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 So it's just it's like it's very it's all like oof what 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 no 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 and it's really starting to like irk me. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. So okay, we move on. Um, we, uh, later on at the upstairs, Peter is there with Lexi, and that's when he introduces them to each other. Um, and, I mean, he basically in insinuates that Amanda should have taken money from Peter when he first offered it early this season, rather than get involved with Eric, because he has found out that it's gotten messy, too. Um, and Lexi's not really crazy about this display, but... I guess we get back to that later. Um, and Eric comes in with, like, goons, these, like, paid minions of his, and says Kyle must vacate uh, his own restaurant um, within 30 days. I think he even mentions his, that he's like, when you have money like me, you have minions. So yeah. it took us half an episode, <laughs> but Kyle is pissed. Um, and th so this is where we think we get what Coop was telling Peter about. Peter still doesn't know, but we know. Peter apologizes to Lexi and said, you know, has like this long war rambling monologue about how like he's made a lot of mistakes, but he's trying to be better, blah, 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 blah. And after he leaves, she takes a bunch of pills. You know, a subscription, a subscription that, uh, prescription that has uh, Coop's name on it. Yeah, and it was for it was anti-anxiety. I can't remember which one it was. Did they actually have a real drug name on it? I didn't catch. Yeah, they actually did have uh, a real drug oh, and, it okay. is, and it is a real drug. And it actually is. They did their homework. It actually is an anxiety, anti-anxiety anxiety med. Oh, it must be one that they were all taking. Yeah. Because, I mean, they don't do their research. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know what that could be a big reveal. I mean, like, I kind of feel like, we, aren't we all on anti-anxiety medicine? Yeah, I think it ends up being not a big reveal at all, just like something they have thrown to Lexi so she has a storyline of any kind. Gotcha. Um, so Kyle, being like the dumbass he is, fills Taylor in about Eric's plans. Um, and Taylor gets, like, all, like, nasty about it. Um, and Kyle's like, I'll be glad to not be in business with you any longer when we lose this restaurant. Um, Amanda and Kyle have, like, a nice scene. They dance together at the upstairs. And he asks her if she's committed to him. And she says yes. Um, and then there's this, like enormous party like you'd find in like a 1940s old Hollywood movie in Eric in Eric's hotel suite uh it's like all these ad execs that he's trying to win over by inviting them to his suite and liquoring them up um and Amanda comes and she's like you know surprised by what she sees and she's like what will it take to just make you stop all this and he pulls an indecent proposal with Anyone remembers that movie. Yes. Like, that's what I, okay, so here's the thing. When did that movie come out, and was it around the same time as this episode? No, it's like five years before this episode. Okay, it was. Okay. Uh, like, enough time that, like, people had probably already stopped thinking about it. Okay. Um, in fact, I'm like, I bet I don't know two people that would remember that movie if I stopped them to ask. But anyway, um... Uh, uh, what does Eric say? Eric says, yeah, I'll, I'll stop everything I'm doing if you sleep with me one night. Which, okay, gross. Um, and then Megan comes in, and Eric actually spells it all out to Megan in front of Amanda. Um, so then Megan is like, I never thought I could find lower scum than I did with the Johns I was with. Who, by the way, seemed like they were okay. It was just the the pimp but anyway she slaps him and walks out so megan has values and megan has standards and that's great but then megan talks to taylor and fills her in about what eric told amanda so you know kyle and amanda are like okay there's nothing we can do he won this battle we've lost 
And and that's that. But Taylor pulls Amanda aside, and this is the scene in the kitchen of the restaurant yeah. that you were talking about. And Taylor's like, this is all of our lives and all of our businesses on the line. All he wants to do is have sex with you one night. Just sleep with him. Yeah. And, and Amanda's like, no. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and Amanda, too, has standards and self-respect. And it's like, no. And Taylor, like, really can't understand it. She's like, this is all you have to do. It's just one night of sex. Who cares? And Amanda's yeah. like, no. Yeah. And she's like, I bet you did that before. That's how you got to the top. Yeah. Okay. Which, like... Oddly mirrors a kind a conversation happening on uh, one of the Real Housewives shows right now, uh, the Jersey Housewives. There's a lot of slut shaming going on, and like, I mean, I know that they're in their own world, but there's actually a lot of talk. People like really like shaming the whole Me Too movement. It's kind of shocking, just like the lack of media training even they have to say shit like that on TV in 2021, I thought. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Taylor's telling, Taylor's telling Amanda to sleep with Eric. And, and that's really all there is, because the bulk of the episode, the end was with Michael closing in on maybe Kimberly. Oh, but I thought this was like an interesting twist with the whole Amanda and Taylor thing in the kitchen, was Taylor was saying to Amanda something like, if you don't do this, I'm going to tell Kyle. Oh, that yes. Yes, there is that, because, uh, sorry, yes, keep talking. Yeah, she was like, I'm going to tell t- Kyle about Eric's proposal and how you won't do it. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, like, Eric great. is probably like, going to be happy. Like, what? Kyle, yeah, I was Kyle, like, Kyle. That's, that's like point for Amanda. Because I, I was like, what does Taylor think she has over Amanda? She has nothing. Amanda's done nothing wrong. Right, right. And she's like, I'm going to tell Kyle. And it's like, tell him what? Yeah, hey, your girlfriend is faithful to you. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Bye, cheating ex. I was like, that's like a really weird threat to make, but okay. You know? Like, she's like all over the place with these threats. And it's like, you always are the one that comes off worse than the other parties. But yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so that's when Amanda also like gave her a good, a good whack. Yeah. You know, and sort of like pushed her into the wall and stuff like that. And I was like, yes. So we were getting to some dynasty level throwdowns between. Those really are. Yeah. yeah um, between Amanda and Taylor. And I was like, yes, they were great. Yeah, those were definitely among the highlights. Those moments were great. So, like, I would say, like, I'm still digging, you know, where we're going with Amanda. And, you know, and like the other thing. Oh, Kyle and Amanda, when they were in the um, in the in the in the upstairs in, in the club and Kyle had like shut down for the night. And it was just the two of them with the band and they were doing the dancing thing. And it was so sweet. I really ship those two as a couple. I still I've said it before and I will say it again. I really think that they are one of those couples where if he had been introduced earlier on the show. That's exactly that's it, exactly right. It would have been like the Luke and Laura, the Bowen Hope, like that would have been, I feel like the couple that would have stood the test of time. Yeah, I was going to say before you did exactly that, like they just introduced him too late. Yeah. like we, our, Yeah. Know, we have our sort of ride or dies that we ship. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a way, I'm kind of glad they introduced him later because, you know, this thing is headed for some sort of dramatic like, mm-mm. Um, which is like really going to bum me out because they really do like them together. And so I feel like if I had gotten this earlier and they sort of took it away, I would have been like way angrier, but I know like the series is ending soon. So, you know, so I'll just have to deal, but I do go, God, if he was introduced earlier and the writers knew what to do with this, this would have been one of those really great sort of soap romances. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, people still would still talk about like Bow and Hope or like who, who was the one it was. Um, which, who was it for on, on Dallas? It was um, the couple, the power couple. Sue right? Ellen? No. Was it Sue what Ellen? Was Linda Gray, was, what was Linda Gray's name? Was it Sue Ellen? Sue think, Ellen Jr.? Was it Sue or Ellen Jr.? Or was it Patrick Ewing? Pam. Or was Pam. it Pam and uh, what's Patrick Duffy's name? Patrick the one Duff, who, yeah. Bobby, Pam and Bobby. Yeah, I think yes. it might have been Pam and Bobby. Yeah. I feel like it might have been Pam and Bobby, but I don't really remember now. But like, you know, like those super couples that we all, you know, love. And, and when they break up, we're like rooting for them to get back together. You know, like I feel like that could have been it. Because like right now, I'm not rooting for her and Peter to get back together. No, no, I really like Kyle and Amanda. And they did yeah. 
a really great job putting them together. It's just these obstacles feel so forced. I know, I know. And it's sort of like, you know, and I do know, like, I feel like even though that, that thing that Taylor said was stupid, well, I'm going to tell Kyle if you don't sleep with this guy, like, that you're not going to sleep with him. Like, I kind of do get what she's dangling here. And she's basically going to tell Kyle that Amanda got this proposal and then Amanda didn't tell him about it. And that's what's going to yeah. create another rift. I me. get, yeah, you I know? guess. But it's, it's, stu- it's still stupid. It's still yeah. stupid. You know, um, and it's still not, you know, I just feel like if there's going to be a rift between them, I'd rather it be a bigger one than that. Right. You know? I, yes, I agree. Okay. Well, we agree on all of this, so we're right. We're done. Uh, and with that, we are done. So <laughs> stay tuned to find out more what's going on with uh, the Kimberly 3.0. Uh, I mean, she's not coming back. Uh, no, there's really something else going on. I mean, she is legit dead. Like, we're not, like, that would be crazy if they brought her back from the dead a third time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like what they're doing is lame. But oh, I it think, certainly is. But I think it's really going to come to a head very soon, so there's that. Okay, good. What are we doing on the boulevard? I'm going to talk about some TV... But I'm also going to talk about, speaking of, like, big bads, like Kimberly, I'm going to talk about the movie Cruella. Yes, I'm very curious about that. So follow us on over, time travel with us to uh, 2021, and and uh, play in traffic with us on the boulevard. And we'll see you there. Uh, and meanwhile, thanks for joining, and we will see you in one week when we are back on the block.